Dan is always like, how's Podfather going? And I was like, why does that name maybe work better for That's our good. logo? <laughs> it totally does. He said it once and I was like, Oh, yeah, that's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Our Film Fathers Podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood and film. This is Jelani, and with me as always are two old dirty birdies, Martin and Brady. Nobody knows you're here. And you better hope nothing happens to me, because if I die, you die. You want it? You want it? Eat it. Eat it till you choke, you sick, twisted fuck. This week, we remember the great actor James Caan. His presence was felt on both the small and silver screens, so we thought we'd focus on his role in 1990s misery, while also reflecting on his other contributions. R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah, guys, is this your first time watching Misery? R.I.P. Sonny. Look what they did to my boy. I will say, Martin, you threw out a couple options right out of the gate. And Godfather is a a logical conversation, but it's just such a bigger box to open up. Yeah, you got to take that in in three movies. Yeah, um, and to answer your question that I glossed right past, um, this was my first time seeing Misery. Mine too. Yours too. Yeah, that's why. Very much knew of it and knew, or at least knew of some of the imagery and some of the. Uh, quotes and things like that, but yeah, this was uh, this is my first. I was actually surprised it was from 1990. Like it when seems I saw early, that, right? I thought it was a little later. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I just I, for me, it always in my brain, I always felt like it was an older movie, okay. not something that. Again, not Almost seeing eight, it. Not that like came out when I was ten. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I just yeah. it, that surprised me. I mean, it's old n- n- now, but uh, so I knew of it. Obviously, you know of the major scene in it, but. My mom read the book, much like you probably yep, did too. I did for sure after I watched the movie. So oh, normally I, I like to like to first, but it was you know I was nine when the movie came out, so I watched I watched it first and then uh, and then read the book afterwards. See, I okay. thought you would have had it read, you know, first grade. You're just sitting there flipping <laughs> through misery while everybody else is doing their ABCs. No, for, uh, first grade was Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so we'll get into misery, but. Where else do you remember James Conn from? Like, what are your most vivid remembrances of him? Of him? I mean, f- for me, honestly, this this is probably the first um, movie that I saw him in, um, not knowing, you know, The Godfather was, like, the big... Yeah, yeah I didn't see that one. until late. Like, definitely yeah. not. I saw that later saw that on in, in my... School. I don't know if I... Yeah, that or... It might have been... It was that or early college for me with The Godfather. Um, so I definitely not, I was not early onto the scene by any means, but for, yeah, for, for me, it's, it's, it's definitely misery then probably knowing that, that he was, you know, big from, from Godfather. Uh, I did go through like watch a, like Michael Mann movies. So I did watch thief at some point. Um, that's from 81. Which so that's I've never old, seen. Um, old as well. Yeah. It's, um, is it up our alley? It's, or is it just too old? I, I I started rewatching it a little bit the other day because it was it was on maybe a couple weeks ago and it's it's okay but it's pretty old I, I feel like you might not be fully fully into it. it's like might might be better to go into you know go go into heat if you really want if you want to go down the Michael Michael Mann crime but people say it's uh, Thief is uh, a classic and a lot of people remember it fondly um, and then the big one that we've done is Elf when Elf. that came out you know like and I think he just was. Uh, 
he said he always wanted to do more comedy, I think, at, at that time. And was like, yeah, he just read the script and it was funny. And it turns out to be a, a classic now. Like everyone, people watch it every year. No doubt about that. So one thing that I, and this definitely wasn't like the first thing I, I knew him from, but one thing I watched a lot. And so I definitely always had in my brain as, you know, James Caan uh, was Las Vegas. Yes. Uh, the show, uh, was it on NBC? NBC. Or USA, both. They're, um, they're all under the you would know, <laughs> universal umbrella. <laughs> and I always knew him from that, you yeah. know. And I always thought of him as like, oh, well, he was he was good in uh, in Las Vegas. And I I definitely not trying to infuriate some people who who will tell you that like, are you kidding me? That's where you would know him. But he was he was a great like uh, a tough guy with a heart type, which I think you yeah, could probably I say is a vibe for him on, on yeah, a lot of roles. Sure. And he played that. I mean, he was like a, running a casino, but like had a heart for. You know, people through like it was checked out. Like Vanessa Marcel checks Josh yes. Dumel. Was Josh yes. Dumel. That, okay. So that was like so the er, I, I think, think that was early Josh Dumel. Yeah, vibe. very early. I think I heard that that was one of the last okay shows to come out of like network TV. Does that <laughs> sound right? Or I I don't want to speak for the like four or five year duration of it, but like early on, I felt like it was pretty entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, it was right up our alley. Nikki Cox was on there. Oh, Nikki Cox too. That's right. Molly Sims later on and. Again, I think we're checking some boxes here. <laughs> yeah. Also, because of that show, he is one hop away from the Fast franchise because the creator of Las Vegas is Gary Scott Thompson, who is also the creator of Fast and the Furious. He's the creator, like from the, fir- the from first, the first one. one. He created the characters and and then set the franchise in motion. It all comes back to Fast, always. <laughs> <laughs> To that point, Jen mentioned the same thing. She said, I will always think of James Caan from Las Vegas. And then after we watched Misery, I said, the James Caan role I remember most, or one of them, obviously, was Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I rewatched that. And how was that? Rough ride, probably. I don't know if I've seen it. I I don't think I've seen it. It's not terrible, but it's, it's 96 action movie. And you're just like, there's some bad, bad CGI. There's some moves where Arnold Schwarzenegger is like a more like a Jean-Claude Van Damme and he's doing like flips and stuff. You're like, come on. Just there's a scene where he picks up these two guns. You're like, oh, there, that's the Arnold I know. Like, just pick up two guns there's, and shoot people. There's so many good <laughs> Arnold movies that I feel like the one or two bad, like Eraser and Last Action Hero to me are like the ones that stand out as ones that you just probably could avoid. And I know, I actually know for sure the first movie I saw him in and I would say James Conn, no. you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, not Arnold. <laughs> not Arnold. Um, and it's the program. Ah, uh, yeah, the program. Oh, because I watched that a lot that in one? high school. Yeah. Uh, that was like our, before football games, that was like a, a, yeah. a regular occurrence. So I'm confident. I did see Dick Tracy, but I don't remember when I saw Dick Tracy. I don't remember him um, in Dick Tracy. Be Spaldoni. But I don't, I don't remember when I saw that. So I, I'm confident that the program is, it either was the first or second, but by far the first one I would be like, oh, that's the coach from the program if I saw him. But but I will without a doubt say n- none of that compares to like the Godfather. Like right. his role is su- he's unbelievable um, as Sonny. So and in a lot of things, but I do think he does have that. Uh, what did you you guys are local here? Uh, Brian's song, yes. So uh, I have actually never seen it, but I know of it. I know of it as well. I don't think I've seen it. I know, like the scenes that are recreated. I think there was one in Seinfeld that they recreated, but um, but I have I haven't seen it. Yeah, it, the weird thing about it was it was like a made for TV yeah, movie. It's a TV yeah, movie, yeah, and uh, which you know, starring him and Billy D. Williams. Is That's seventy one. It was the year before The Godfather. Yeah, it's a pretty big 
they go on to be bigger names. I think but. I think TV movies were different in the seventies <laughs> than they are <laughs> what we think of now and or like what when we were growing up. Yeah. Yeah, but, the, um, the TV miniseries or TV like, movie oh, were, were it's pretty good. Oh, a TV good. movie. Oh, <laughs> on the downside now, huh? <laughs> but yeah, we actually watched it in gym class, I think. And it was it was pretty good. I know they remade it, I think, with Mackay Pfeiffer and somebody else. But Ooh. the original is, is much better. Really? <laughs> yeah. Was Omar Epps not available? Because that's where I would have went. I think. It might have been Omar Epps, but I think it's Mackay Pfeiffer. We can definitely look that up, but don't fact check it. <laughs> But yeah, so Misery was, you know, a huge, huge movie, not only for Stephen King films, but also for Kathy Bates, because mm-hmm. she won the Oscar for it. But. She was kind of out of out of nowhere at that time. She yeah. was she was an un she I mean she acted like on theater, I think I saw, but in the in the movie world she was an unknown, which yeah. I saw was they liked that because I mean some there were a lot of big names attached to potentially who wanted it and but they liked that it wasn't somebody you knew because you didn't. There were no expectations of like how the person was going to act and things like that. And obviously, she was moderately unpredictable throughout the movie. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think she she played it pretty pretty well. Like flipped on a uh, on a dime, turned on a dime. You know, from being kind of funny and whatever and, and, and jovial to to just completely terrifying. So I, I think that was good. But on on the rewatch, I don't think I've really seen it since uh since it came out like i didn't love the movie as much as i thought i was i didn't think it was great by any means um i definitely was entertained it took me two nights and i had nothing to do with the movie and a lot more to do with uh just me straight up being tired yeah Yeah. just being a little too tired to handle a couple hours in a row but yeah i there i had there were flaws it seems a little dated and yeah i don't I feel like it's straddling a little bit and, and waffling between like dated. I don't think it like doesn't hold up necessarily, yeah. but there, yeah, it's just definitely yeah, not. You're, a you're great hitting movie. on exactly what what I'm the, the sentiments I'm feeling. That's too. good I, because I feel like I'm not hitting on anything. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> With just this general feeling of of maybe it's been done better since or something like that. Because I think at the time, yeah, obviously I was young and I and it was it was great. I remember the. Um, the penguin thing, right? Like that he mo- he turned the penguin the wrong way, and she that was like the one thing that it's, she noticed for how he got. Seemed out. obviously that was going to come back. They made a huge deal of, of, of the it. close up, but you know when I when I but was it a took kid, a while. I, yeah, it took a while. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. I think I and I looked for it this time, and I I'm pretty sure I noticed that when they were having dinner, it was turned the right way. <laughs> so I'm like, I think that was a continuity error, a take technicality, if you will. Hmm. Was this the first or one of the first like obsessive fan slash friend movies or even stories? I th- I think close close to it. So they've had well, Fatal Attraction probably. Well, that's not really a fan, so that's more well stalkerish. Yeah, stalker. No, but this yeah. I feel like this checks that box that based off yeah, right. her saying that she literally would like go where he was going and following. I mean, she was essentially stalking him. Yeah, and that's it's, that's how I remember too. Like uh, w- watching it this time on the rewatch, I was like. How did she? They explained it. Rescue though, right? like, him. Well, how did she know where to be? Right? Because yeah. she was, yeah, she was literally following him. That was the first thing. The first note I had was like, how did someone randomly see a car crash in the right. middle of a blizzard? I, I'll give them the credit. They explained it away at yes. least. Although there's an argument that like one, he would have known noticed another car anywhere, yeah. and or I don't know, like that how she was managing to get around in that terrain either. I mean, it was pretty bad. But and how are you? Uh, 
why are you driving a, a Ford Mustang? And they explain that too, right? They explain that he does the same thing. He's a you know creature of habit. Yeah, but to that point, if he does the same thing, he drives from New York to Colorado in a right. Ford Mustang. Like you know, there's snow get in some, Colorado. Like, get some snow tires. Snow tires or. <laughs> Go in the summer, like yeah. it, don't go. In, you go until hey, the book. Hey, you go until when the you finish done. it. <laughs> you go until you have that cigarette. <laughs> yeah, there were just there were some loose ends, I would argue, and you know, and I, not to jump too far ahead. I mean, even just the whole thing of you know the share of Buster figuring out where he did. I'm like that's so, that's moderately loose as well. Like uh, you know, they I feel like they threaded a the needle, but not in right the like how he remembered like something a quote from that a, he saw in a newspaper from like how, X. 20 years earlier or how, yeah. who knows how long earlier? Yeah, I, I definitely didn't remember that part and that was a little loose. And I, I don't remember exactly from the from the book like if that's, if that if that's how, it. it's, uh, how it was done. But didn't uh, he read the quote in the book first, then see it in the newspaper? No, yeah. he went looking for it. No, no, no. He read it He read it book, in the book. Because he, yes. he read it out loud. And, and then, then he went looking into the archives of newspapers looking for it and found the headline. He, yes, he saw it after in the newspaper after, but he wasn't randomly scrolling through the exact year's newspaper. No, but I thought he was looking in the newspaper for stories about her, and then he realized the quote. No, but how would he have gotten to her? Because he went and asked at the store. Remember, he went to the the general yeah. store. That she asked. was a fan. That she was a huge fan. Yeah, of I don't think so. Yeah, it was thin, but I think they were trying to say that he's a fairly good detective even though at that point he should have great had his, had his gun drawn one of the highlights of the, of the movie for sure buster was great <laughs> loved it <laughs> big fan I lo- richard farnsworth so crushed it. he crushed it and his wife oh francis so sternhagen <laughs> Virginia. He's, like, he's like you're not my wife you're the deputy right now or i was dying in this car you do that she's like i just want to be home under the sheets of you <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want when you're an old and married for a long That's time. That's the spice right? that keeps our yeah. marriage alive. Yeah, it was, uh, it's like, there's that spice again, the, <laughs> the sarcasm. <laughs> that was, you're right. That's a very, very much a highlight. Yeah, I, give, uh, I don't know if that was all written uh, by uh, by Stephen King, but uh, good good props on him for some uh, good comedic uh, relief. I think that's, that seemed more very Rob Reiner to me. Um, especially coming off of we just watched when Harry met Sally sure. and having like all those couples, you know, do their little little talks. So I feel like he's like, hey, let's put a little little rom com spice in there. Let, Look, let's, let's pretend this is Harry and Sally when they're in thirty years. It didn't hurt. Uh, I will say that. In my opinion, it was it was a welcome relief. And the two the two things that that stuck out to me when I read the book that they could have added or did differently, but they could have added to the movie um, were. Uh, vividly stand out because they instead of the hobbling he uses uh she uses an axe and actually cuts off one of his legs yeah which is like it was just a very you know gruesome scene with like it's cutting through the bed and everything it's very well described by stephen king master of horror and then the other thing was that at one point he's so thirsty that he has to drink his own urine which was also which also probably wouldn't have done well in a 1999 1990 audience Uh, but it's like i just remember him talking about how he tried to use like the sheet to try to get some kind of filtration on it or something to do something different because huh. it was just like the the you know him being alone for so long because she left him for like a really long time like she did it a few times in the movie too but you never really got a sense of how long it was so uh, one note i saw said that the movie downplayed one of the key themes in the book and it was that his addiction and substance abuse and how that led to his like captivity and i felt like without knowing it reading that in hindsight that check that like connected a dot for me because 
said the book gives a lot of backstory about his history of abuse and yeah. how he'd recently gotten himself back on track and being in captivity got coupled with her feeding him Navro pills. Correct. And I was like, in the beginning, I was like, why are they making, like, there was a weird, like, the fact that it was novel and like he was like I didn't really know what he was doing with them at one point I was like why is he like analyzing them like it, it I felt like there was just a loose end that wasn't explained and now reading that made me feel like okay so maybe they just didn't fully flesh that out or yeah, they explain did. it they correctly kinda, yeah because it, it was very odd to me and like literally it took me it obviously took a while to understand that he was collecting them to try to make his own cocktail I don't I don't know I felt like there was there was a little bit murky. Yeah, for uh, for sure. I mean, yeah, it was it was it was definitely a an, an addiction thing, and like, yeah, the worst thing you could do is give somebody all the opiates they could, you know, that that they that they need to keep them. She she kept him addicted more in the book because it was uh, it was something that she knew that he struggled with. Yeah, you know, so that's how she kept him like really needing her a lot more. There were a couple scenes in the movie that just I don't know if they were just left in there or. Like after he goes to the bathroom and she's got the urine, shaking and she's it all around, shaking it, and you're like, "Is it going to splash on yeah. him? Is yeah. it not?" And then when she had the, the lighter, way, fluid, then it didn't. Right, it was just kind it was of just nothing. Done. Yeah, and then when she had the lighter fluid before she burned the books, she like sprayed it that all was over very the bed, threatening him. Right, and I was like, "Yeah, where are you going? Like, are you going to either going to burn the book or I'm going to burn you?" Got it. Is okay. how is how I took that. Yeah, very felt like, and that's why he burned the book. Felt but like it also felt like both of those things should have happened. <laughs> that's what I, I remember thinking of that too. I'm like, why is he still letting the match when that shit is yeah. human all over him? But yeah, right, both things could happen. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. Like, well, it's, it's going to be one or the other. Like, you're right next to each other. Yeah. Um. But but yes, I I I enjoy like you're saying it's it's a good movie on on the rewatch and it holds up pretty well, but. There is, I think there's something, yeah, there was just something a little bit missing from, somewhat from the performances and somewhat from the script in general, but but it works. It very much works as a as, as a movie. And and yeah, Kathy Bates being, is that her name? Yep. Yeah. Kathy Bates <laughs> being being new to everybody, I think at the time was, it, we, were, we were all kind of like very impressed with her performance. But even her, I, I will say like I saw some of the, some of that and also at other times I was like. I mean, this is kind of absurd. Oh, right? A little, little, little too much cheese, or yeah. a too much something, right? And That's I was, what I'm saying. and like, I, yeah, I just, I, I think it's just a sign of the times in '90, yeah. '90. Yeah, this was like, it worked differently, and now it was like, okay. <laughs> well, what's your, um, what's your like favorite of the obsessive fan movies? Is it the fan? No, <laughs> it's not the. Fan. Is that the Robert De Niro one? Yeah, with yeah, Wesley, Wesley Snipes. Snipes. Yeah, it's like a Giants player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I. Didn't love it when I first saw it, and I I guess I have to go back and watch it, but everybody says Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, I've never seen it. And I saw it, and I, I didn't, I didn't maybe like, I didn't I didn't get love it. it either, yeah. So it maybe felt, I'll have to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, but. I think so too. I think I was expecting more, um, or like some kind of bigger twist or something that, that never really came, so I might have to just approach it from the... It's a very simple psychological thriller as opposed to expecting some kind of twist or something yeah. like that, so... But I wrote a whole bunch. I had like single white female, the okay. fan, obsessed, swim fan. Oh, so what's Jesse? obsessed? Obsessed is the uh, <laughs> Blake. No, the Idris Elba, Beyonce, and oh, yeah, Ali Larder. I did not watch that movie. No, I. Did, but that one just stood out to me because of it's the same type of deal. Yeah. Like um, the Crush, I think, is another one with um, Silverstone. Yeah, Alicia Silverstone. Ooh, so there, there really are a lot of these Fear. movies. Now that I think about. It. Yeah. 
beer with Wahlberg. And yeah. Wahlberg, Reese Witherspoon, Alyssa Milano. Nicole Forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looked up. Let's, I looked up like best stalker movies. Cable Guy is listed. Uh, yeah. Fucking. I had We're that one. Have it's an all timer. Oh, we should have paired it with this one. <laughs> How did we not put that together? But yeah, uh, it is. It's definitely something that I think Hollywood goes back to over and over again. And, and I, don't, I don't know that. I think to me, I really do think I, I was I was right. Fatal Attraction might have been like the first one. So that was like seventies, wasn't it? Well, was I was 80s? just gonna say, thinking about that, Cape Fear is probably oh yeah, eighty seven was the Fatal oh, Attraction. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, but that's Cape like Fear is Cape a remake. Fear, the, yeah, the old the Cape old, Fear with Robert Mitchell. The original. Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. That's probably that's probably right. Um, and I've one seen that one hour that's photos listed first with um, Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. That I think I saw maybe too. saw that. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't think I caught that one. But yeah, it's just obsessed is listed there. Oh yeah, yeah. It's right. It was right when like the height of all of those characters, all those actors, like uh, Elba just came off of the wire. Beyonce is. We're claiming the that was the height of Beyonce's acting. No, the height of just Beyonce coming up. Like Destiny's Child had popped, and so Who she runs was the world. She was in everything. Two thousand nine. All right, just go with it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you're stretching this hard to to make that fit. Oh, I think she was. Maybe that was just when she came solo. Like, decided she was going to be out of Destiny Child. And where you want to take you want to walk further out on that ledge and claim Allie Larder's peak was it 2009? <laughs> Allie Larder <laughs> peaked in Friday Night Lights, uh, and that was it. No, no, no. you're talking about um, uh, she peaked I in Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues. Yeah. Damn it, that's <laughs> like. Varsity or um, the, the first Final Destination, right? Oh, yeah. Which, which really? was around the same time. It was like Not after. 2009. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't catching out on the downside. In 2009, it was like, Allie Larder's still acting. That's amazing. <laughs> but speaking of Pekin, I think a lot of people will say this is one of the best Stephen King adaptations. I think, did you already say that? No. Maybe not. But a lot of people will, will list not this as, yeah, as, as one of the better ones. The other one we've seen as well. Stand by me? No, uh, uh, yes, actually, and that's Rob Reiner. Also, Rob Reiner. Well, also I, Rob yeah. Reiner Kef, Kef, I had Rock. a tidbit about that. That's Shawshank. Why I had, uh, um, Shawshank as well. I feel like we haven't had some I was the one say the, the, the mist, <laughs> which I made you guys watch and you guys did not, Jane. did not enjoy. But again, that's that's the one. The reason I made you guys watch that one is because it's um, Thomas Jane. Yeah, not because of Thomas <laughs> Jane, because Stephen King actually the ending he's like they improved upon my story and that was that was unique for him because he usually hates his adaptations but i think he i think he does a pre i think he likes this one so it said the note i saw was he king was reluctant to uh sell the rights to misery because he was skeptical that hollywood studio could make the movie faithful to how his vision which is i'm sure the theme for him yeah um however he was impressed with one adaptation uh well he was impressed with stand by me yeah, and agreed to sell misery under the proviso that Rob Reiner would either produce or direct it. Yeah, so there you go. Rob, Rob knew what he was he doing. He earned his stripes, and uh, it got got this. It got this made. <laughs> <laughs> so, as your Stephen King aficionado, Martin, what is the worst three adaptations? Oh, oh wow! There's. There's so many bad ones. There's just so um, many. I'll, the I'll content's say, too big. I mean, um, the, or the, very clearly, there's, there, I think there's one that I could at least name as the all-time worst because it's not even really. It's just, just a mist. The Lawnmower Man. <laughs> the, <fish>. <laughs> <laughs> the Lawnmower Man because it's not even like it's a short story and the movie has they made I've it heard some of it, kind of it, VR. Who, who's in it? Thing. Uh, um, 
You I'll look know it up after. I, I Pierce Brosnan like was in it, wasn't he? Frewer, I think, is his name. Um, maybe. I thought the original it one might was be, Pierce, might be Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Um, but it's just really bad. They made it some kind of like VR Jeff thing. Fahey and Pierce oh, Brosnan. Jeff, Jeff Fahey, not, not Jeff Frewer. I said something wrong. Yeah, that one's largely considered one of the worst ones. I didn't even know that was a Stephen King. Nor I. Yeah, Jeff Fahey and Pierce, Pierce Brosnan. They did Graveyard Shift, which was a pretty... Dean Norris is also in it. Ah, Dean Norris. <laughs> Graveyard Shift's pr- considered pretty bad. Um, There's one I the think- Mangler, which was like a, about a laund- laundromat machine that has evil in it that like crushes people. I don't think I saw. I don't even. That sounds pretty, pretty sure bad. Saw, it's pretty bad. Dad. That Mangler might. By might the way, the story in general sounds pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna go with uh, Maximum Overdrive. That that one's considered, and he. I think he direct. I think Stephen King directed that one. And um, that was like his first and last. Like so like, I'm on Rotten Tomatoes for all Stephen King movies ranked. Yeah. Um, by the tomato meter, do you want me to go? Do you want the top or do you want the bottom? I want the I want the bottom. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Let's get it's, down to the dirty. It's a list. Okay. Bottom. I love where this is going. By the way, guys. <laughs> 1990s graveyard shift. Yeah. <laughs> or whoever said it. I, I said it. But see, that one holds. I like it because it's one of the ones early ones, first ones I've. I've by seen. the way, the tomato meter doesn't isn't there. the The only rating they have is zero percent. <laughs> <laughs> number 48 i feel like you let us down the path and then you walked us away too short it's lawnmower man 2 oh wow well, i mean can you even do you count the sequels because there's like 10 children of the corn and the um, first one's really good number 47 is cell john cusack and samuel l jackson mm. yeah firestarter 20 2022's firestarter i think that's got efron in it yes I heard heard a preview. That's oh, yeah, real, it's, it's really like brand coming new. Out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. currently very low. Yeah, uh, maybe that changes because it doesn't hold up to the Barrymore version. Thinner, right. thinner. I read that book. That was when he. I'm was not Richard doing all Bachman. these, but yeah. Maximum Overdrive is 44. And he did direct. He was, was films written and directed by Stephen King. But I think his only time he directed. Yeah. What Stephen King's thinner? No, no. no. Um, Maximum, Maximum Overdrive. Oh, I was like, because Tom Holland directed uh, Thinner. It says. Oh. Spider-Man? I got maybe got to be another one. Um, Maximum Overdrive is 86. The Dark Tower, which Yeah. Is that so did I hear there's we we have to touch on this, The Dark Tower for yeah, sure. Go for it. Cuz there's there's yeah, there's seven seven books, maybe eight eight books now. Um, it took them 35, 40 years to write them all and they're just this huge magnum opus, right, of 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 thousands of pages. And they tried to make it in one movie. So, like, <laughs> it was doomed from the start. Of course, I went to the theater to see because I'm like, I got to see what they do with this. Yeah. And it's, it was Matthew McConaughey and, McConaughey and, and Idris. Had great names. Yeah. But it's just, you, you just can't. Like, what they, what they really, and they still might do. And I've been no, but reading that, up on this. For, they're like, we want to make a movie and then do, like, an HBO series or have somebody pick. It's got to be. But you have to hit on the first thing you right. do in order to make that viable. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, like, some of the stories and the books in the middle are, like, completely side stories. So it's like you got, you got to trust your audience that they're going to stick with you if you're going to do it. You know, any kind of justice. To As opposed fans. to counting down, I'm going to start now. I'm going to go jump to the top. Yeah, top five. I think you, I think you guys had to. Have Sorry, what'd them. you say? Uh, give me a, give me your guess. Shawshank, Shawshank Green Mile, uh, Stand, Stand by, by Me, and Misery. Misery, and then. I'm going to say Mist is going to be somewhere in the top ten, and maybe 1922, I which is say, another Thomas Jane one that was on Netflix. A I think years Carrie. Ago. 
Oh, Carrie's. I think Carrie's going to be the original. The Shining, people are going to say, but he doesn't like the Shining. Number five. What do you want, number 10? I'll do either. I can go quick on the 10. Yeah, go quick on the 10. Number 10, The Green Mile. Wow. Number nine, maybe what you're going with, 1408. No, that's that's room 1408, right? Yeah. That's that's a Cusack. According to this, it's just 1408. But yeah, Cusack and Samuel L. Yeah. You said Cell was that. Is that Cusack and Samuel L too? Yeah, <laughs> reunited. <laughs> uh, different hair for both. Um, number eight, Dolores Claiborne. Our yeah, girl is yeah. uh, Kathy Bates, Kathy Bates is back. Yeah, um, that was a good movie. Number seven, The Shining. Yeah. Number six, very terrifying. It. Which one? It. 2017. Okay, the new it. Ooh, I did not see that one. Not chapter and not chapter two. They're just saying it. Okay, that's First fair. It. Number five, The Dead Zone. Christopher, uh, Walken. Christopher Walken. Hey, I'm walking Tom here. Skerritt. Tom Skerritt. Tom <laughs> Skerritt. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, not bad. Actually, I was pretty happy with that. Uh, number four, Misery. Number three, Stand By Me. Number two, The Shawshank Redemption. And number one, Carrie. Carrie, wow. Yeah. With a 93%. Disagree. Which Carrie? The Sissy SpaceX? The Carrie. Sissy SpaceX, yes. yeah. It's yeah, got to be the old SpaceX. one. John Travolta, Sissy Spacek. It was, it was pretty. Oh, John Travolta's in that? Yeah. Very. Like, he He's was not was mentioned early. in the. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. he dies pretty early. Brian De Palma directed. Yeah, Brian De Palma. Let's put him on the map. Um, yeah. So there you go. That's where we are on the Stephen King front. But Christine, not up there. Um, they're all there's a lot of yeah, movies. It's 49 movies. <laughs> it's, they can't all be lot. top 10. And they and they just like I feel like the last couple of years have been like an, even like a, a bigger renaissance. People are just. Like we talk about, there's no good IP. IP out there, so they're going back to the well. Like people will continue to watch Stephen King adaptations, and I, um, I will. You know, Martin. Okay, speaking to that, maybe you did. I saw a note saying that uh, season two of Castle Rock on Hulu. Did you watch Castle Rock? I, I did. It's season yes. two is the prequel to Misery in Annie Wilkes' story. Yeah, exactly right. It's 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 okay. It's pretty good. What they do is it's not. It's based on the characters from the the first one and the second one. It's like they combine the first season. I'm sorry, and the second season, like they combine lots of stuff from like Salem's Lot and Misery and filling in some gaps. Um, and they have it's funny because they have like Tim Robbins was was in the second season and he goes to Shawshank Prison. So it's like it's got a lot of stuff like that. That's mm. like Stephen King fans are like, oh, oh look, oh, it's Andy. Yeah, it's Andy going back to Shawshank and and, and things like that. And Annie was played Annie Wilkes. Um, was played by um, Lizzie Kaplan, um, mm. who I think I think we all we all like. But it was also, you know, it's almost a little bit of a, a caricature of of her. Like she still says things like "Dirty Bird" and "Cockadoodie" all the time. And, yeah, and and it was a there was a bit of a, a stretch, but they, they they generally did a good job, and it was it was pretty popular. I think it's got a pretty decent Rotten mm. Tomatoes score. Um, Interesting, but it's not. It's it's like it's almost like Fargo, you know, the show we love. Yeah. Like I almost wanted it to be that good, like taking right. taking something from uh, the Coen Brothers universe yeah, the, and and making it re- and doing a really great job with it, but it's not it's not quite Fargo. Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just saw that note and I was like, "Oh, that's intriguing." And my first thought was like, "I wonder if Martin actually is uh and they do the number one fan thing, and they show her backstory of her learning how to read, and her so dad they pull issues. hard from all the. They, but they if you, yeah, uh, yeah, so you're fine. You're trying to fit the piece into the puzzle that's already there. Yeah, and I think it's a little, yeah, it's, it's a little 
heavy-handed, I think, okay. and trying to trying to do that, especially the second I season. I don't technically know what that means, but um, I, I, I think I still follow you. Not well, a like, light touch. Yeah, not, <laughs> <laughs> like they're trying to shove it in there, square peg and round hole. Um, but they hand. do, like, yeah, C- Castle Rock is, uh, I think they said 17 or 25, some, some a large number of his stories and, and books are set in Castle Rock. Yeah, um, I know there's like a there's a ideology that keeps popping up or references here and there. Like even we talked about the mist. I remember there was like yep. certain things. Like the magazine showed a word that like yep. resonated with the, the the his world. And the thing that the Dark Tower did those those seven books like they really seven or eight books <laughs> they really tied together. They made everything everything that he's ever written in one st- one universe. So mm-hmm. everything that's... Oh, you mentioned that. Yeah. I think we were doing The Myths, which I had no idea it really, about. It, it really, everything is tie- tied together. I think so they like, said... One note I saw said that Annie Wilkes is mentioned in The Dark Tower, because probably to that point. Um, not that, like, to a massive extent, but, like, she is mentioned. She exists in The Dark Tower world. It's... Exactly. It's like, it's that there are multiple dimensions, multiple worlds. It's, you know, it's almost it's a multiverse. Multi- it's a multiverse kind of a situation what where is he can do, right, he can do anything <laughs> he wants because there's multiple different worlds and they all lead, to, lead, lead to, to the to tower. One, yeah. yeah, lead yeah. back to the tower. The dark tower. The dark tower, mm-hmm. exactly. The dark tower. Is the hobbling scene the second most gruesome scene in movie history? And I know what the first is. Oh, wait. Is it hostile? <laughs> no, because there might yeah outside of horror movies and especially like those kind of horror movies. So name another we're one. We're eliminating horror from <laughs> the most gruesome. Because I I know exact. I think I know. I think it's American American History X. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. the the curb <laughs> yeah. the curb stomp. Curb scene. Stomp. Yikes! God, I I can't even think about the that. Teeth chatter. The teeth mm-hmm. sound on pavement is mm-hmm. what does that whole scene and it said he has his tooth right on the on the front of it so yes yeah. um uh i thought about that watching it the second time too because you do see the leg the actually. Le- yeah and not the second time i was like am i gonna watch this again am i seeing this again what's happening to me yeah oh yeah. yes very very brutal those foley artists i mean they must have nightmares for days like the people who make the sound effects that go oh, along yeah. with that just on a hunch chicken I feel bone? like they aren't <laughs> Having nightmares, they're just like they're like excited, and <laughs> like, I got the perfect sound. That's what I mean. Like it's it's a I can do I can make it sound like this, even though it's not. So they're hanging out with Paul Dano. Yeah, <laughs> they're like ham works. Uh, a ham bone works way better than a chicken bone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that that ankle. I mean, I, I again, not I knew of the movie, hadn't seen it, but knew there was I knew of the hobbling scene. You know. And man, fuck, that's gross. Yeah, <laughs> it's for the best. <laughs> <laughs> were, did you guys have any jump scares? Because there were a couple that Jen had. Um, not, that, like that, no. not really. That one was like I knew something bad was coming, and I yeah. so I was just like, Ugh. I remember the movie pretty well. So so but, no nothing, but no jump scares. Yeah, no, nothing jumped at me. So Jen had one where he was like half awake, half asleep, and it's storming out and then mm-hmm. the lightning and then she's, she's right, right there in the bed yeah i felt like that was yeah inevitable advertised that one was coming and then when first of all when buster shows up and i go i have no faith that he's making it out of this alive and jen's like no he's not um, i did hate to see him go right 
And then their, their whole conversation when they are on the stairs and she's like talking to Paul down in the basement and they're just like walking over the dead body. Like she just left it there. But the other jump scare was when he hits her on the head with the typewriter and mm-hmm. then like starts to crawl away. And I go, oh, she's not dead. Not even close. So I thought she might be because I noticed when he hit her that they went, it cut right to her. Like essentially it was like a makeup face. It was like a, a deadish face. Like they, you could, you, in my opinion, it's very visible that it was like hit and it went, her face wasn't there anymore. And it was like a, you know, and I was like, <laughs> Oh, she's, she's, she's dead. Like that's why they did it that way. And so, but then she, she was back really fast. Yeah. Like alarmingly fast. She was re awake. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's obviously a, a huge horror movie trope, right? Like just when you think they're dead, put another bullet in the, in the yeah. skull, you know, like don't just, don't just leave them there. Drop the typewriter. On I mean, if, if, yeah, if it ever comes to it, you got to kill someone. You, you, you got to keep, keep going. Essentially do it twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he had, you've done it, do it again. He had to come back with the, uh, the mini Floyd of Rosedale. The mini Floyd for sure. <laughs> so I'll pick that uh, pig statue. The pig statue. Oh, right. <laughs> it hits uh, her in the face with. <laughs> yeah. It was, and that finally did the trick. Yeah, but would have been funny if it was the penguin <laughs> through the eye. <laughs> Just had it sticking out. It's facing east now, isn't it? <laughs> or west? I don't know. I don't yeah, know or something. One way or the other. Do south. south. Do, Do south. south. Yeah. It's it's a movie that I'm I'm glad I've seen. Uh, like you said, it it holds up, but there are also some parts where it just seems a little dated, and you know the whole her not swearing or not liking the swear words, and then. That was freaking really out at the cornally. very end. That was really cornily written. Yeah. Like her whole rant on him swearing and her, I guess, specifically not. <laughs> yeah. That was like, it was, it was awkward. Is that how it is in the book, too? I don't, I don't fully remember. I think, yeah, I think she he was, was in first grade. He can't remember <laughs> that. Right. I don't remember if it was that bad, but I, but I feel like, yeah, it was, it was maybe, and that's, and that's what bothered me about the show. Like, I, I feel like they could have probably. Instead of just making her speak that way, they could have made it more why she's more of a reason why, but they well, they, they didn't simple. really yeah because uh, they showed her as a kid and it's like her mom might have been that way a little bit, but her dad wasn't at all. So I don't know. It was just a little it was a little little strange. But yeah, I mean a, a fairly faithful ad- adaptation and and as you see, it goes from it's a wide range of of Stephen King adaptations that they can make terrible or do a a really a pretty pretty decent job like they do with this one. And yeah, I mean, we we mentioned in the beginning, but we didn't fully get into it. But James Caan left us a few weeks ago, um, right? Yeah. July uh, July sixth, I believe exactly. So yeah, I think it was a good a good way to to, to discuss him, discuss yeah. his, his work. I think uh, I I literally would um, you we I think we glossed it like you said, but I also think there's no doubt that I think if you pulled the vast majority of people, like the first thing would probably be like, oh, he's he's from Elf. Yeah, like that is probably the number yeah. one for our generation for the, for, for, sure. for a generation. I don't know if it's ours or not, yeah. but for and a younger. generation, especially the more in the more recent uh, time frame, whether because of rewatches or because of whatever, I, you know that's it. It it matters, but yeah, he was uh, he was pretty impressive. Uh, I think in in all the roles, and again, I do think that he was a tough guy with a lot of heart consistently over and over again. But he did it really well. And I think he did a good job in this movie, considering he's laying in the bed the whole time. It's pretty much just, uh, yeah. you know, um, and his knife skills are fucking sweet. <laughs> but uh, didn't get, didn't get to really use them. Trying to be quick on the draw there. Yeah. When you would ask 
the people of our generation about, you know, James Conn. I think, like you said, more people will not instantly recognize the roles right away other than like Elf or the Godfather. But like you said, in the program, he's the coach in the program or, you know, Brian's song or Las Vegas or things like that where you're just like, oh, yeah, that's right. He was that. And you like you enjoyed his roles in that, too. And even if he wasn't, you know, the main focal point, like I always envision him. Even if Eraser isn't a great film, like he's a good bad guy. Well, I think we like, established it's not a great film, <laughs> <laughs> but he's a good like. Hey, this guy could be good, but he is bad, and he plays it well, and he can double cross you. But you know, when you go back to Elf, he's a guy who's a gruff, but has a, a heart of gold and things like that. So you know, shows his range and, and his ability, and you know, his his presence will be missed. Yeah, we'll have to come back and do I'm sure the we'll Godfather's do it. I'm, Justice I was and, say, I'm sure we'll and maybe do it Rollerball some someday. <laughs> Never seen Rollerball either. <laughs> now we're going to watch both Rollerballs, I was going to say, right? both Rollerballs. Yeah, Rollerball's probably not going to hold up. I oh, mean, no? it, they're on roller skates. It's pretty, it looks pretty well, They did. Is that a funny. remake then, the more recent one, or was that yeah. a, just a new... Was that a show? or a, No, they remade it. So the original is obviously with James Ellen, Conner. at the time, now Elliot Page, I think, was in that. No, that's Whip It. Rollerball is <laughs> so many. You're on it today, Brady. So many movies about <laughs> roller skates. <laughs> it's uh, Chris Klein from. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, oh, right no. off of, right after American Pie. Striker. Yep. Oh my LL Cool gosh. J and Rebecca Romaine. Wow, you know how do you do? You have this written down somewhere? No, you know you he owns, know that off the top. You of know the he owns this movie. <laughs> do you? No. <laughs> have you seen it? No. Oh. But I know I remember. I, you can pull it we up can right do now. Roller, roller balls. Wow, <laughs> I bet you. It's but people good. need it. I think. I think in the in the seventies, I think rollerball was. It might have mattered more. It might have mattered <laughs> more. But I, I I I have seen it, and I just remember it being. I thought it was dated when I watched it, so wow. <laughs> I can only imagine. Do rollerball and airborne. Yeah. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to do. We don't have to do them all. But uh, <laughs> we'll leave it out there. Chris fucking Clyde. Wow. <laughs> As always, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Unsubscribe and resubscribe wherever you listen. Thanks, and go to bed. Bye.